Hello, Apa friends. Welcome to Scattering Angels. It is the sixth day of Dominion, the year 175 of the Badi calendar, February 12th, 2019. Today I'm going to read a couple of passages. The first one is from Paris Talks by Abdu'l-Bahá. It's uh, titled, Address by Abdu'l-Bahá at the Friends Meeting House at St. Martin's Lane, London. It was dated Sunday, January 12th, 1913. About 1,000 years ago, a society was formed in Persia called the Society of the Friends, who gathered together for silent communion with the Almighty. They divided divine philosophy into two parts. One kind is that of which the knowledge can be acquired through lectures and study in schools and colleges. The second kind of philosophy philosophy was that of the Illuminati, or followers of the inner light. The schools of this philosophy were held in silence, meditating and turning their faces to the source of light. From that central light, the mysteries of the kingdom were reflected in the hearts of these people. All the divine problems were were solved by this power of illumination. This society of friends increased greatly in Persia, and up to the present time their societies exist. Many books and epistles were written by their leaders. When they assemble in their meeting house, they sit silently and contemplate. Their leader opens with a certain proposition and says to the assembly, You must meditate on this problem. Then, freeing their minds from everything else, they sit and reflect, and before long the answer is revealed to them. Many abstruse divine questions are solved by this illumination. Some of the great questions unfolding from the rays of the sun of reality upon the mind of man are the problem of the reality of the spirit of man, of the birth of the spirit, of its birth from this world into the world of God, the question of the inner life of the spirit and of its fate after its ascension from the body. They also meditate upon the scientific questions of the day, and these are likewise solved. These people, who are called followers of the inner light, attain to a superlative degree of power and are entirely freed from blind dogmas and imitations. Men rely on the statements of these people, By themselves, within themselves, they solve all mysteries. If they find a solution with the assistance of the inner light, they accept it, and afterwards they declare it. Otherwise, they would consider it a matter of blind imitation. They go so far as to reflect upon the essential nature of the divinity, of the divine revelation, of the manifestation of the deity in this world. All the divine and scientific questions are solved by them through the power of the Spirit. Baha'u'llah says there is a sign from God in every phenomenon. The sign of the intellect is contemplation, and the sign of contemplation is silence, because it is impossible for man to do, thi- to do two things at one time. He cannot both speak and meditate. It is an axiomatic fact that while you meditate, you are speaking with your own spirit. In that state of mind, you put certain questions to your spirit, and the spirit answers. 
the light breaks forth and the reality is revealed. You cannot apply the name man to any being void of this faculty of meditation. Without it he would be a mere animal, lower than the beasts. Through the faculty of meditation, man attains to eternal life. Through it he receives the breath of the Holy Spirit. The bestowal of the Spirit is given in reflection and meditation. The spirit of man is itself informed and strengthened during meditation. Through it, affairs of which man knew nothing are unfolded before his view. Through it, he receives divine inspiration. Through it, he receives heavenly food. Meditation is the key for opening the doors of mysteries. In that state, man abstracts himself. In that state, man withdraws himself from all outside objects. In that subjective mood, he is immersed in the ocean of spiritual life and, in, and can unfold the secrets of things in themselves. To illustrate this, think of man as endowed with two kinds of sight. When the power of insight is being used, the outward power of vision does not see. This faculty of meditation frees man from the animal nature, discerns the reality of things, puts man in touch with God. This faculty brings forth from the invisible plane the sciences and arts. Through the meditative faculty, inventions are made possible. Colossal undertakings are carried out. Through it, governments can run smoothly. Through this faculty, man enters into the very kingdom of God. Nevertheless, some thoughts are useless to man. They are likely waves moving in the sea without result. But if the faculty of meditation is bathed in the inner light and characterized with divine attributes, the results will be confirmed. The meditative faculty is akin to the mirror. If you put it before earthly objects, it will reflect them. Therefore, if the spirit of man is contemplating earthly subjects, he will be informed of these. But if you turn the mirror of your spirits heavenwards, the heavenly constellations and the rays of the sun of reality will be reflected in your hearts, and the virtues of the kingdom will be obtained. Therefore, let us keep this faculty rightly directed, turning it to the heavenly sun and not to earthly objects, so that we may discover the secrets of the kingdom and comprehend the allegories of the Bible and the mysteries of the Spirit. May we indeed become mirrors reflecting the heaven real heavenly realities, and may we become so pure as to reflect the stars of heaven. The next passage I'm going to read is from Baha'i World Faith. It's from the section that includes writings of Al-Dabaha on page 368. The title is Prayer is Indispensable. O thou spiritual friend, thou hast asked the wisdom of prayer. Know thou that prayer is indispensable and obligatory, and man under no pretext whatsoever is excused from performing the prayer unless he be mentally unsound or an insurmountable obstacle prevent him. The wisdom of prayer is this, that it causeth a connection between the servant and the true one, because in that state man with all heart and soul turneth his face towards his highness the Almighty, 
seeking his association and desiring his love and compassion. The greatest happiness for a lover is to converse with his beloved, and the greatest gift for a seeker is to become familiar with the object of his longing. That is why, with every soul who is attracted to the kingdom of God, his greatest hope is to find an opportunity to entreat and supplicate before his beloved, appeal for his mercy and grace, and be immersed in the ocean of his utterance, goodness and generosity. Besides all this, prayer and fasting is the cause of awakening and mindfulness, and conducive to protection and preservation from tests. And the final passage I'm going to read today is from the Kitabi Akdas by Baha'u'llah. It's paragraph 149. On my copy, it's on page 73. Recite ye the verses of God every morn and eventide. Whoso faileth to recite them hath not been faithful to the covenant of God and his testament. And whoso turneth away from these holy verses in this day is of those who throughout eternity have turned away from God. Fear ye God, O my servants, one and all. Pride not yourselves on much reading of the verses, or on a multitude of pious acts by night and day. For were a man to read a single verse with joy and radiance, it would be better for him than to read with lassitude all the holy books of God, the help and peril, the self-subsisting. Read ye the sacred verses in such measure that ye be not overcome by languor and despondency. Lay not upon your soul that which will weary them and weigh them down, but rather what will lighten and uplift them, so that they may soar on the wings of the divine verses towards the dawning place of his manifest signs. This will draw you nearer to God, did ye but comprehend. And we're going to continue our reading of the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. We are on the fifth and sixth hidden word from the Persian. O son of dust, verily I say unto thee, of all men the most negligent is he that disputeth idly and seeketh to advance himself over his brother. Say, O brethren, let deeds, not words, be your adorning. O son of earth, know verily, the heart wherein the last remnant of envy yet lingers shall never attain my everlasting dominion, nor inhale the sweet savors of holiness breathing from my kingdom of sanctity. And I'd like to close with a prayer. It's from Prayers and Meditations by Baha'u'llah. It's on page 222 and 223. Unto thee be praise, O Lord my God. I testify that thou art God, and that there is none other God besides thee. Thou hast from eternity been immeasurably exalted above the praise of any one except thee, and far above the description of any of thy creatures. All created things have borne witness to thy unity, and every dweller in thy kingdom has confessed thy oneness. The essence of the apprehension of the assured among thy creatures can never attain unto thee, 
and the gem-like utterances with which thy people have praised and glorified thee can never hope to ascend unto the atmosphere, atmosphere of thy holiness. For men's apprehension of thee is but the apprehension of thine own creation. How can it reach up to thee? And all human praise and glorification of thee pertain unto thy servants. How can they be deemed worthy of the court of thy oneness? I swear by thy glory, the quintessence of knowledge is powerless to comprehend thy nature, and the inmost reality of every praise of thee falleth short of the seat of thy great glory and of thine all-compelling power. Every utterance that seeketh to describe thee and every knowledge that attempteth to comprehend thee is an expression of thine own creating and is begotten by thy will and fashioned in conformity with thy purpose. I implore thee, O thou who art inscrutable to all except thee, and can be comprehended through naught else save thee, by the wrongs which he who is the dayspring of thy cause hath suffered at the hands of the ennoble among thy creatures, and by what hath befallen him in thy path, to grant that I may at all times be wholly dissolved in thee, and fix my gaze upon the horizon of thy will, and be steadfast in thy love. I have, O my Lord, turned unto thee, according to what thou hast commanded me in thy book, and have set my face towards the horizon of thy loving kindness, even as thou hast permitted me in thy tablets. Cast me not out of the door of thy grace, I beseech thee, and write down for me the recompense destined for him who hath entered thy presence, and hath risen to serve thee and hath been carried away by the drops sprinkled upon him from the ocean of thy favors in thy days, and by the splendors of the day-star of thy gifts that have been shed upon him at the revelation of the light of thy countenance. Potent art thou to do what pleaseth thee. No god is there save thee, the help in peril, the self-subsisting. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful winter's day at Scattering Angels. I hope you will join me again the next time. Thank you.